back. We're finally back. We took a, a long hiatus there. Very long. Very long. But in fairness to us, this is my least favorite part of the NFL offseason, at least. This is, because this is your as least? Far as like, it's my least favorite, yeah. The Post-Super Bowl till, I mean, really, till like training camp. Like, free agency is cool, and the draft is obviously cool. I mean, the draft is going on right now, and, you know, in the first round is what we're going to be talking about today. But as far as, like, news stuff or, like, you know, other sports podcasts and stuff like that, it's just all baseless speculation, That's and it sucks. Yeah, speculation is a good word to describe it. It like following your own team is interesting, you know. But like as far as like in league wide news, and it's just all people just like, oh, they signed this free agent, like they're a Super Bowl contender now, or like, oh, like this guy in this offense, he's gonna go off, and then like, and it's just all bullshit. And I I usually stop paying attention until, like I said, at post Super Bowl, until uh, training camp starts. As far as like league wide stuff. But uh, we are Casa de Sports podcast, and uh, we're going to try to wiggle in some non-football-related sports at some point in our uh, our careers here, I think. But probably not. But probably not, no. No, I'll just have like a little five-minute section at the end of each one where I talk about other sports that I'm watching, and then you guys will just be like, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Well, going to... Back to your little point that you started the podcast off with, this being your least favorite. This is actually one of my most favorite times of the year. It's a very exciting part of the year in the sense of the draft. I think the the all the like you know reaching that the media does and all the cryptic tweets that the players have and all the contract negotiations and stuff that start right after the uh, the league year starts. I think a lot of that's kind of garbage but i think the preparation for this particular or i should say yesterday for the first first round of of the draft excuse me first you know yeah i know i'm drinking some soda right now that's just got me all bubbly but uh, i think like getting excited for the first round of the draft obviously it's like it's christmas you know everybody's getting gifts so i i agree sure there's a little bit of bias on my side because like you know my team the Niners they didn't have a first round pick so there wasn't really anything for me to personally get excited about but I also think that this was the least hyped or exciting draft that I can remember in recent memory there was there's like nobody that was is hyped it doesn't seem like anybody that got drafted is like pegged as like oh this is an immediate game changer like this guy is like a star already outside of like, you know, what the top two picks, but like that's in every draft. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how shallow and weak the QB class is. Draft is a, is a QB. Yeah. Spectacle. When you get it, when you, who's going to get the new hot shot QB, you know, like this guy, he's going to be a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. And then they're like a bust, you know, 75% of the time. Yeah. No, I, I would say that, uh, a lot of this draft in particular was forced hype, um, for sure. Like there's, like you were saying, there's not there. This isn't a very exciting class, and one of the words or sentences you'd always hear about it is like, it's a thin. Anytime they talked about a position group, it's like, well, it's a thin position group, you know. Or after yep. the top three, there's a big drop off, right? When you're talking about any position, it's like, oh, you got your top three, and then there's a big gap between four, five, and six. So, yeah, I mean, the draft overall this year is just extremely underwhelming, you know. Um, Before the season started, um, we had a couple guys that were kind of projected to go top five. Uh, Sam Howell was, like, one of them for a little bit. I don't think he's even been drafted yet here on day two. And then, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, my guy, Oregon Duck, you know, he was projected top two. He ended up dropping to five. But outside of that, like, if you look at the top five, none of these guys – Aside from Kayvon, were projected top five picks going into last year. You know, the draft just became really underwhelming. And I think Hutchinson was supposed to be a top pick. He had a big year, so I mean, that definitely helped him. But I don't know if he was being considered a top five pick. But my thing, 
my thing really about it is like when you have an exciting draft the first five picks sometimes top 10 picks are easy to guess you know what i mean like these all these guys all these draft analysts and stuff they nail it because there's just there's a grip of really exciting players but i mean i can tell you right now like nobody nobody got the this top 10 right i i I don't think there's a single person out there that got this top 10 right so and a lot of that is just because there's not that much excitement in any of these players so it's just like hey what position do we need let's just get the top oh wait hold on luke hold on just got news that yep yep we got traded along with half the other first round picks we got traded so we gotta wait until tomorrow to finish this wait how many fucking trades were there in the first round yesterday um a hundred yeah, I mean, think 32 every, picks, 100 trades. Every pick got swapped at least two or three times, so we anywhere somewhere between 60 and, and 100 trades at least. I love looking at the the you know the ESPN app on for the first round, and it, you know the, has those little arrows and stuff for like the pick was traded. Some of them are like double traded, I think. <laughs> like they got them from a trade, and then they traded that pick, and then it's just like. You know, I think, what is it, the first six picks were all, like, yep, those are the who's supposed to be picking there. And then after that, it's like, oh, traded, I mean, traded, I'll just, traded, I'm looking traded, at this traded, list right now. <laughs> and, I mean, aside from double trades, like you were saying, a single pick being traded more than once, we have 18 trades. 18 of these picks were made by a team that wasn't the original half, team slotted over in ha- there. Over half the first round. Over half. That is incredible. And you know what? I... I mean, it just might just be me because I watched probably the worst option of the broadcast for the draft yesterday. But uh, it was very quiet with the picks. <laughs> like, I mean, all these picks are happening, and I wouldn't find out that the trade even happened until. I mean, the picks about yeah, to that's be made. What, that's like what I mean. It's just like a really unexciting draft. Like, I feel like all of the excitement as far as off season and teams getting new players all happened in free agency. Like, it was a big free agency. I don't really want to, you know, it's kind of old news at this point. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time, or if any, really talking about it. But everybody went out. I think everybody, as far as the other teams, kind of saw how weak the draft class was. And they're like, hey, we got to go get free better agency. Free agency was where it's at, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to, we're not, you know, there's going to be a lot of projects, I think, in this draft. Or like, hey, maybe we'll get lucky on one and he'll work out. Just, but, uh, just on first glance, how many Pro Bowlers do you think we end up with in this first round? If you had to take um, a, if you had to throw or just make a wild guess, how many do you think we end up with? Like rookie Pro Bowlers or within the first two years? Bowlers? Within the first two years. I mean, Instant probably impact like. Players. I, let's just go. I'll six. I'll I'll say six. I'm gonna say two. Two. I think there's Fair. two. I mean, I think that there are – I bet some of these receivers, just because of the way that, like, receivers come in on the draft in the last few years have been a lot more pro-ready than in the past, mm-hmm. which is something that people have talked about kind of ad nauseum for the last couple of years. But uh, speaking of receivers, kind of actually, I think everybody was surprised that Green Bay – didn't draft one in the first round. They had two picks. I think everybody was they, surprised except for they Green went Bay defense fans. on on both of them. Um, yeah, probably think, not surprised <laughs> because they have twenty years. They've become very. They've become very. You know, pe- pessimistic on on their drafts, especially from the last few years. Um, but I think they're probably still surprised because their depth chart. As of the first round was what Lazard and an older Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I yeah I mean yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's there, there's Sammy Watkins. I feel like Sammy Watkins could end up being a good like good player for them. But outside of that, like a bunch of nobodies. I don't think even Lazard you can consider like a consistent viable two. So. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you were kind of you were talking about it the other day, you know, when we were talking about it, you know, privately that uh you know, maybe 
some of these guys' numbers will improve now that Devontae Adams is gone and Aaron Rodgers has to force you know, feed him. By default, has to throw to somebody else. Yeah. There's, unless, you know, they uh, is Cobb still there? He is still there. Actually, I think he is still there. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, too, though. Like, do and, – and in fairness to Green Bay, I should say. In fairness to Green Bay – now that Devonte is gone and you know 70% of the targets are going to have to be distributed are we going to find out that Green Bay actually has had talent at the receiver position at this point or are we just kind of kind of be more aware of what we think we already know that they don't have shit that's going to be interesting because so they have Lazard who they've had for a couple of years and he's I mean I feel like at least by default is the number one receiver at this point based on like familiarity with the playbook and you know he has a relationship with Rodgers that Sammy Watkins doesn't have yet uh so you know maybe he does really good and then Valdez Scantling who was there last year and he's with Kansas City now you know so he's got a good offensive system to slide into and they're without their last year's number one weapon and number two weapon I think right uh, I don't really know who there was as far as wide receiver. Well, they have McCole Hardman. I don't know if he was be considered there too, but you know they they do but, have. I some mean, bodies. if they both, do you think either of them get to a thousand yards? I think uh, I think Lazard does. I I do think Lazard does, but it won't be much. I mean, that's the benchmark. Yeah, I don't. That's the benchmark <laughs> of like, oh, that's a good receiver. He'll like he'll hit the mark based on being force fed. He is. He does have average a little more yardage than, um, you know, some other receivers. Like, but now I. I mean, I think he does, but it's it's just barely, you know. Probably get it in a garbage time type situation at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a good question. Uh, if. If none of them are really shining by like week six next year, I think they're gonna be, they might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the, I just don't understand how Green Bay can let themselves get into this situation. You know, they they just got out of the whole Aaron Rodgers drama, just got out of it. You know, once once they thought they were kind of scot sort of. free, you know, then the Devonte Adams thing happens, and then you know they, I don't want to say they doubled down, but. They just, I don't know. There's, like, no value in the position for them. Like, for whatever reason, like, they don't feel like they have to make splashy moves at that position, which is insane to me to have a quarterback that some people, talent-wise, call the GOAT, right, and then not give him the best tools to to capitalize on it. Like, is, am I the only one on this? It could, I mean, it could just be that... I mean, that's what they said about Brady forever in New England. Is like, oh, he's got like nobody to throw to. He makes them good. So, you know, if they're if they bought into that nonsense, maybe they think, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers, like everybody calls him the best talent wise of all time. So, I mean, we can just throw anybody out there. And I, I will say good. though, the difference between the two of them is Tom Brady built trust with his guys a hell of a lot easier than Aaron Rodgers builds trust with his guys. Like, Rodgers is notorious for not throwing the ball to people that he just doesn't believe in at all. Like, there's, you know, some decently talented players that have gotten hardly any share of targets because Aaron's just like, I kind of just, I just don't like him. You know? (laughs) It's it's just, I don't know. Yeah. He's got this attitude about it. I think, I think, I think the Green Bay Packers kind of live and die off of Rodgers' attitude. Yeah, probably more so than any other team. And I don't mind a little bit of attitude, but if my offense is struggling because you have attitude, then I have a little bit of an issue with it, you know. But he's gotten by this far. Yep, I mean their division outside of Minnesota is not going to be super strong, so they could still. I mean they could squeak into the playoffs with a less than great record probably. And that's probably when we're actually going to see the struggle as opposed to the regular season. You know, they're for whatever yeah. reason, man, they're just regular season Titans, just monsters in the regular season. But in the playoffs, you know, that's when their their weaknesses start to get really exposed for them. 
Yeah, they're I, they're I mean they're almost like Peyton Manning era Colts. Yeah. I feel That's, I yeah, feel like the, the Colts right now. under Peyton you know, under Peyton Manning, they kind of went further in the playoffs more consistently, I feel like, than uh, Green Bay has, at least, you know, as of late. Although, would they go to, like, three NFC championship in games row, in a yeah. row? So maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm full of shit there and talking out my ass, but it just felt like uh, Indy in, was closer in their losses maybe than Green Bay was in, in some of theirs. But, yeah, it's going to be... I feel like it's just going to be more of the same for them. Like you were saying, like they'll probably go like 10 and seven. And then, you know, depending on who their first round matchup is, they might not go much further than no, that. I don't, I don't at least see it happening. Looking at the team on paper, <coughs> but at least, you know, get back on subject here. The first round of the draft last night, if I had to pick a winner in the draft, which is always such a stupid thing. Cause it's like, these guys haven't played one snap yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> they could all be garbage. But uh, just on paper, I feel like the city of New York, I feel like the Jets and the Giants both had good yeah. drafts. I mean, it's it's easy to pick them. The Giants went, went, to, went to the trenches for their picks, which is just like always a solid move. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to pick the teams that have a bunch of picks, right? I mean, the Jets – the Jets had three first-rounders, yep. and I, I'm with you. I feel like they, they nailed all three picks. That Jermaine Johnson pick at the end was definitely a steal. I mean, he's – I don't know if it's just the whole last chance you, right? There's maybe some kind of tag of, like, drama built in with that, you know, or whatever the case is. I don't know. But he dropped a lot, and the Jets were like, hey, you know, forget it. We're going to go up and get him. Sauce Gardner. You know, I I bet they're kind of kicking themselves in the, or not kicking themselves, but kind of pissed off that Derek Stingley went before, because I I think that Derek Stingley was probably, I think it was the right pick for number three, like as the better one. But I mean, getting Gardner at four is awesome, and then Garrett Wilson. I think, honestly, just all bias aside, I think the Saints got the better Ohio State receiver, but Garrett Wilson's gonna if he can get a good complimentary wide out on the other side, a bigger body and let him kind of do some, you know, more versatile stuff. I think he's going to end up having a pretty damn good career. Assuming Zach Wilson ends up being decent. Confident. So let me ask you, are, are, are you, are you super stoked about how you're, uh, seemingly number one and two receivers are both Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, it's... Former Buckeyes. Does that, does that sting a it, little it bit? Sting, okay, but this is the thing that we've done for years now. Like, we've we've had this, like, weird connection, fascination with Ohio State players. We draft them. Every year we end up with at least one. I mean, I don't think it's just the Saints. You know, there's, like, three or four schools that just get guys drafted automatically, like, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I mean, we... Ohio State's We usually of. take whatever Ohio State receiver slash DB, usually it's DBs. That's, I mean, going all the way back to Malcolm Jenkins, like, we, we just, if there's that really good DB from Ohio State and it's our pick, we're going to take him. But, uh... The New Orleans guys. Yeah, we're we're pretty close, man. We've we've had a handful of them the last couple, last few years, but, uh, I mean, I'm really excited about my pick. But going back to your, jet, your Giants or New York um, saying that they won, the Giants really did kill it. You know, they had two prime picks, you know, and they could have got really fancy with it. And two, two in the yeah, top they could have got really fancy with it, but just get the big boy from Alabama and get the big boy from Oregon. Yeah. Let's go. Like, offensive lineman from Alabama is just always going to be, like, the safest pick in the draft, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, was it last year or two years ago, Alex Leatherwood from – Bama went to the Raiders, and everyone was like, "Oh, that should have been a third round pick, or you know, he should have gone way, gone way later." But I mean, he ended up being pretty good. <laughs> like he's probably going to be the one Raiders first round pick that's going to get his fifth year option. You know, it's like they're just yeah, because none of the rest none of, of the them rest do. Of, yeah, exactly. But like they're just it's the it's one of the safest picks you can make as an Alabama offensive lineman. Yeah, uh, and. I mean, their offense has been pretty atrocious the last couple of years. 
and their offensive line has been, I think, a big cause of that. I mean, they had like a clown for a head coach the last few yeah. years and GM and stuff. So just getting rid of those guys is addition by subtraction on its own. And uh, I think that they didn't pick up their option on Daniel Jones. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if – because, like, I mean, th- those two picks, you know, both linemen on opposite sides of the ball, those are picks that, like, a team that's like, hey, we're rebuilding. Like, those are rebuilding yeah. picks. Any any kind of line picks, especially offensive line, are like, hey, we're, we're starting over. Yeah. Um, but it's that's the way you so do it. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, out. like how how how. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, and you know, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how where they think that they're going to be. Uh, in the rebuild, if they're like, hey, we just need these things to go right, and then we're like, you know, we're back to where we probably should be as far as on the way back up. Um, but I did see, I think I saw something um, that they were like interested in trading. Tony, the receiver? I did see that. It came out about almost a week before the draft started that they were exploring it. Um, I don't... I don't. What, he play in like one and a half game last year? Probably close to it. I mean, I don't know. He missed the first half of the year. He had one game where it was like some crazy Crazy. bonkers just level of play, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, he's gone again. So I don't... I don't... Like completely disagree with with uh, shopping him because you can probably get some value, but also like you think he's gonna miss that many games a second year in a row? Like imagine a whole year with him, like you know, evaluate it. He could though. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible, and if if so, then then you know that's that sucks. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I, he's yeah. too good. He's too talented, man. They just gotta give it a year, you know, get some games out of him and evaluate it then. I don't think there's nearly enough. I don't think you have nearly enough to just make a trade on him. But real quick, going back to you're talking about winners, I had two outside of the city of New York. I had two winners, quote-unquote winners. The Detroit Lions, I think, got two really incredible players. Jamison Williams, he went 12. I wouldn't have been surprised if he went like three or four. Like I mean, a lot of people compare him to Tyreek Hill, which – player comparisons obviously are kind of dumb crazy but but i mean if that's a pretty good comparison you know just talking about the speed aspect of things and you know he was a starter at ohio state he was a starter at alabama well without the injury he's the first receiver taken. oh easily easily and then obviously getting in detroit detroit picking him is a good move because like they're not in contention for jack shit. So no like, pressure. Just, Go play ball. Hey, hey, heal up, buddy, and then you know we'll be ready to go in three years. <laughs> he, sh- he should be healed by and me. My uh, my other winner, uh, my other winner is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to say because they came away with one top five talented type receivers in AJ Brown in this draft. And yep. and got I'd say probably an underrated big boy in the middle of the defensive line in Jordan Davis. Like that's he's he's a tank, monstrous man, super athletic for his size, and got AJ Brown out of it. He's a national champion too. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, it's hard for me to get too excited about. Or like you know, hyped anyway about AJ Brown of the Eagles because I don't know if Hertz is the guy there. I I understand that completely. I mean, I think we both criticize Hertz quite a bit on this podcast, but uh, I don't I don't think that he can. But I don't be, think Hertz. But if Hertz isn't the guy, they're gonna go get the guy. And AJ Brown isn't a one-year rental type situation. Like he signed the big. He, no, they immediately they signed, signed the him. big boy contract. So there's plenty of time to get some return on that. So if it doesn't work out with Hertz this year, obviously they're probably gonna Philadelphia is gonna make some moves to try and get somebody better back there. I mean, fingers crossed, right? I mean, they usually have no problem making moves on quarterbacks. 
historically they Jimmy Garoppolo is yeah, available. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's gonna this carousel of quarterbacks that happened last year. I mean, this year's coming up. Like it might be even worse. So, you know, we'll see. But I mean, that's a that's a damn good receiver to trade a first round pick for. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, a little segue. Only one taken in the first round. Appropriate. Right. And I feel like it was the most appropriate quarterback to the most appropriate yeah. team. Pickett, Steelers, like it's a no nonsense organization. Yep. He's not necessarily gonna be like, hey, you need to start because they did get mm-hmm. Trubisky, who like, you know, most people hate him, but he's capable. Yeah. He's he is serviceable so, for sure. He's he's at least good enough that they don't have to throw in the rookie day one into the yeah. fire right away. Yeah. So I and I also think that some of it is them trying to right the wrongs of not drafting Dan Marino out of pit like <laughs> all those years yeah. ago, back in eighty two or three, whenever that was. Uh, you know, they're like, "Hey, we're not gonna potentially fuck up yeah. again." <laughs> I, you know what? We're we're probably gonna catch a little bit of heat just agreeing with with this. I th- I thought the Kenny Pickett pick was was the good was the right pick. I know a lot of Steelers fans, especially on Twitter, wanted Malik, and I understand why they do, but I also understand why they shouldn't have and 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 should go with Pickett. I think Pickett is the more obviously pro ready guy right now. I I don't buy into like the small hands, like weird silly arguments that these guys make. Like the guy is he's a playmaker, he makes all the throws. He wears two gloves, not one. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that bothers it a lot does. of people. It really does, man. Uh, but the the fake slide, right, the instinct to just, you know, pull that crazy trick that's things never been done before ever out of your ass to, and score a touchdown on it. Like, if he's coming with that, like, he's got to have another trick in the bag, right? So, I mean, we, you know, I, I think it's the better pick. Yeah. And I, well, I think I mean, coaches agree. They could have. I think the coaches agree because I mean we're talking about we're you know this is day two of the draft right now, and uh, you know just a quick glance through here. I, Willis went what? He was the eighty six pick overall, third round. You know, so I mean, what do what do we know that these guys don't know? You know what I mean? Like why why is it that the analysts all thought that Malik was the top guy, but he's getting drafted in the third round? You know, there's something else there in Pittsburgh figure that out real quick yeah i mean as of as of this moment in the third round four qbs taken three of them in the third round i mean when was the last time that happened i if ever (laughs) if If ever. ever really yeah uh i'll be honest the panthers they took matt coral i don't know a goddamn thing about him I mean, I th- I might have I'd, watched I'd the at half least, of it. I've, I've at least game. seen, maybe, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen like a, a few quarter of Pickett play. Uh, I've definitely seen Desmond Ritter play. I've seen highlights of Willis. I don't think, I've, I'll be honest, I don't think I've heard of Matt Coral until I saw that the Panthers drafted him. But, I mean... We, I mean, we've already talked about how weak the draft class was, and especially the quarterback position. I don't necessarily blame any of these three teams that took quarterbacks in the third round for taking them. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, this is a third round. You know, these are not third round. You can still get very good picks. I mean, they're all pros that pe- people got in like the fifth and sixth rounds and stuff. But nobody's drafting Panthers, a quarterback. Panthers aren't in win now mode. The Falcons are not in win now mode. I, I guess the Titans are not in win now mode yeah, I don't anymore. Know how that flipped over? I don't know but... what the hell is going on over there. Um, I don't know. Do you think Willis like pushes Tannehill out of the uh, starting job this no, year? Or? I don't. Um, I think. Me I think. Either. And I think fans, especially Tennessee fans, need to understand. That Tannehill is not the most exciting quarterback ever, but for what you guys do in Tennessee, he's the perfect guy for that. 
He's the perfect guy for that. Yep. Just get, he's yep. good in play action. He's mobile enough. You're handing the ball off to Derrick Henry 75 times a game. You just need a guy to get the ball to a playmaker on play action. And Tannehill is going to do well, that. They don't really have those yeah, anymore. I mean, Who's they, their number one they receiver They just gave him up. I mean, number one and two. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to do some research on that. Jamie, if you can go yeah, ahead exactly. and look that up for us, please, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, but even with A.J. Brown leaving, I mean, they did just draft, right, going back to our our draft coverage here, uh, Traylon Burks, I think is how you say it, Traylon or Traylon Burks. I could – one of those Burks. Burks. Traylon Burks yeah, from Burks. Arkansas. And it, I mean, it's it could just be because of the moment, but I mean, same thing. Draft comparisons are really silly, but they compared him to A.J. Brown. Like, I mean, who, <laughs> who better to replace A.J. Brown with than a guy who gets compared to A.J. Brown? Like, that's this is awesome. Like, let's just keep, yeah, let's keep it going, you know? I, th- I, th- I think it was on, I, I was, because I was watching the, a little bit of the draft spectacular on the Pat McAfee show last night, and they were talking about this pick and the trade, the A.J. Brown trade. Like, because receivers are coming to the league a lot more prepared than they have in the past, they were speculating, like, are are they just saying, like, hey, you know, we got other holes. We can't just, we don't want to pay A.J. Brown what he wanted. So, like, hey, we'll just go and get, this guy and hope that he's just going to be able to step in like a lot of these other receivers have been and like AJ Brown did and we'll get we'll have him on that cheap rookie contract. I wonder if that's going to start happening now like hey, we got you and you played out your rookie contract, but then we got rid of you and we just replaced you with another guy yeah. just like I think <laughs> it it's it sucks to say uh but I think the receiver position is starting to turn into the running back position in the sense of there's just so many available and the guys that come in, they're pro ready. They're they're coming out of college way more pro ready than they ever have been. Like this is only gonna hurt. You know the the you know your A tier players are still gonna get paid. They're still gonna get their contracts. But the B and C tier players, like those guys, they're they're expendable now. They're very replaceable. You know the days of having, you know a a real number two that you keep on the team for seven years. Like those days, I think are gone. Like once your once your rookie contracts up, you know they're just going to draft another rookie in the second or third and get the same production. Like why do I got to pay you? You know why do I got to give you your second contract here when I can just go draft another rookie and get the same you know same targets, same yardage, same catch? Because these guys are just as ready. You know it's it's you're going to yeah. start seeing these receiver contracts <laughs> dipping pretty soon. They're they're peaked right now, but they're going about they're going to hit a valley. Speaking of, uh, you know, wide receivers and rookie contracts and new contracts, the uh, elephant in the room of Debo Samuel. Did you expect him to get traded, you know, as an outsider? You know, I have a bias and stuff, but as an outsider, did you expect to see that notification pop up on, on your phone or on the bottom of the TV last night? that he was traded yeah um i went in thinking debo was gonna get traded and came out finding out marquise brown got traded <laughs> you know i i went yeah. in with like hey that this was, is that one was yeah, weird I was like i went in with like a hey that you know this this is gonna happen right san fran's gonna fall in love with somebody the debo thing is out there right it's it's more drama than you know a lot of these teams want to deal with let's just swap them out get a pick in the first round and you know take one of these guys what regardless if it's a receiver or not you know but i was i was surprised it didn't happen i really did i thought that it, it just made sense for it to happen yesterday but you know the uh i don't know i mean everything that i was seeing from like beat writers and stuff for the 49ers were like saying they were getting the feeling and the indication that unless somebody offered just what they kept calling a king's ransom that he was not going to be traded, and they're. I'm kind of. I'm glad that that happened. I want him on the team, obviously, but I also don't want to give him up for just like a first round pick or something. You know, one pick. Like it's got. We got to see a lot, and especially, I think because the draft class was so weak. You know, hey, a first round pick this year 
might be the equivalent of what a second round pick is in most other yeah. drafts. So I'm not super mad about it. But back to the uh, the Hollywood Brown trade, that one, I don't really understand that one from either team's perspective. Baltimore was so offensively limited last mm-hmm. year. I mean, a lot of that had to do with injuries that they had in, at running back and stuff before the season even started. But, I mean, that's their number one receiver. And then they shipped him out, and they shipped him to the Cardinals, who, I mean, did they need him? Didn't they just draft somebody who is a similar type guy last year? And that, uh, was it more out of Purdue? Yeah. I mean, or, it, it is a similar skill set for sure. Um, I think they... I think they look at more as a, like a utility, as opposed to like a true sure. receiver. Like they, I know they like to run them on the jet sweeps and all these things. But I think they're, I think they're trying to kind of embrace the just run the air raid. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're gonna, they're gonna still do a lot of air raid stuff. But I think they're really gonna try and lean towards kind of like the Kansas City Andy Reid method of just like let's just stock up on speed. Like, let's just get some guys that these DBs can't keep up with. If we have more than one, that's, you know, just makes it that much easier to get, you know, balls thrown down the field. And, um, I mean, kind of like you said last night, like, I think they just kind of have to kiss Kyler Murray's ass at this point, you know. He's being a bit yeah. of a drama queen himself. You know, what way What way do you kind of reconcile that? You either pay the man or you give him some, give him some toys. So, it's... Yeah, on I mean on Pat McAfee last night they had Cliff Kingsbury on, uh, and I mean I think he said it kind of tongue in cheek, but at the same time, just based on the off season that they've had, I I bet it was only half joking. He was saying that uh, Kyler Murray was mad that they didn't trade up and draft Hollywood Brown when they both came yeah. out, and he's been he's been I I bet that's true. Yeah, I mean <laughs> at this point with all the other stuff that's come out, like who I mean I'm sure he's probably complaining a lot. And, you know, what the worst part is, he's probably not complaining to ownership or the coach. He's probably complaining to his agent. You know, his agent's probably feeding all this shit. Oh, yeah. These guys, they don't talk to, they don't talk to anybody important about stuff. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, I just... I he's like the last person in the league, really, that should be complaining about the quality of weapons that he's had to throw to since he's, he's been in the league. Because it's been premium. what? It's been like Larry Fitzgerald. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Got A.J. Green last year. A.J. Green. Um... What's his, like, uh, uh, Zach Ertz. They brought Zach Ertz in for him. Zach Ertz. Chase Edmonds yep. in the backfield. James Conner. They've had all kinds of they've had all kinds of weapons, you know. Um, but on the other side, on the flip side of it, I don't think it makes almost any sense for Baltimore. No, they definitely they, lost. They absolutely lost they this lost. trade. Like, I mean, so the the four. Are they throwing in the towel the on the fourth, season? Okay, the, just going into the draft, right? The Ravens had two picks yesterday. And the first one, I didn't understand it at all, right? They they signed Marcus Williams for a shit ton of money, and then they draft Kyle Hamilton, a safety from Notre Dame, who is a monster of a safety. He's dude's like seven foot tall or whatever. He's like just incredibly big for his position. Maybe they're gonna try that like hybrid safety I mean, linebacker thing. It's the only thing that makes sense. But I mean, do you do you t- use the fourteenth pick of the draft to get? You know, like a niche, you know, it's like type player. I mean, he's he's a true safety. I mean, you can use he's a strong safety, but like to use him in like a in like a gimmick defense. You know, the fourteenth pick. I just that didn't make any sense to me. And then you know he, they get him a center. They get the uh, the line. They give him a new center. That's that's cool. Centers from Iowa are cool, but uh, he's yep. he's small. I mean, I know that's kind of like the concern. You know, the guy's only like. 280 or 285 or something like that for an interior lineman that's kind of it's kind of skinny for an interior guy you know so i i don't know and you know and baltimore's usually and i mean don't get me wrong we could be totally wrong about this and they could all be all pros in the next couple years because baltimore traditionally as i said at the beginning that's why i hate this time of the year yeah yeah because it's all speculation but i mean just for like glancing at it i'm just like dude what the fuck is happening like he you, you traded marquise brown you didn't bring in any kind of receiver of any kind like a, a running back a tight end you know no like the, skill position guy how do they not say like hey we'll just do a one-for-one swap like you give us more we'll give you brown we'll call it a fucking i would have been way smarter you know that, that i mean at least you would have 
like their offense is, I mean, people are just going to be stacking the box against them at this point and, you know, put somebody on Mark Andrews, and that's about and all we they got. And we already know that when the box is stacked and it's being effectively stacked against them, like they can't throw the ball from the pocket. They can't, they have to have this, I don't want to call it option, but it's kind of like option, like just like where he drops back or play action, and then he's got the option to just take off. Like, that's really all the threat that they're going to have. Like, these guys are going to suffer if they don't find some way to bring in some kind of other threats into the offense. Like, that's where it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. Like, the. Yeah. I haven't seen it today, but I mean, how long until we start getting reports about Lamar Jackson unhappy with the Baltimore Ravens or something? It's coming, I think. I think it's totally uh, yeah. coming. I mean, it's the thing, too, is like any player that's pretty close to their contract coming up, they're already mad, right? <laughs> they're they're already yeah. mad It's because, you know, it's year three or year four, and they don't have this, you know, $150 million contract lined up ready for them or whatever. They're already pissed off about it, you know? So now, yeah. it's, now you they, did they this. They signed their first contract, and they're mad that they don't have their second yeah, one already. Yeah, like, I, I love the NFL. I love it so much, but the way – that players are now they're so impatient and it's i i get it in the sense of like everybody wants to get paid everybody wants to get paid but not everybody wants to like pay their dues either or or justify the money right it's just like i'm next in line last guy got 200 million i need 225 right it's like well that last guy that just got paid you know, uh, he's bigger than you, has a stronger arm than you, won more football games than you, better completion percentage. You know, list goes on. And and yeah. was drafted in the same draft class as you. Like, why do you think you should get paid more than that guy? You know? Yeah. I, NFL, like, more than any other league, seems to have, like, more egos. Because they're just like, all I care about is that dollar amount being bigger than the guy before me. The last guys like I think some players are getting a little bit wiser in the making sure that the guaranteed amount is higher because like how many of these guys you know we were talking about it I think just yesterday like how many of these guys sign these like oh this is a record-setting contract for this position and then they like they don't see the whole dollar amount they'll be lucky to get half yeah you know, or like whatever the guaranteed amount is, like that—that's probably all they're gonna get because of restructurings down the line, or like, you know, maybe they just get straight up cut at some point during the life of the contract, and then oh, turns out you didn't actually get that—you know, two hundred twenty-five million dollar contract that you thought you signed, you know, and then I just feel like in other leagues, you know, they're like, oh, the dollar amount total is less but i'm getting more guaranteed and i'm far more willing to sign this deal than anybody in the nfl is like the only guy that does thinks that way and nobody really talks about it talks about it is kirk cousins they just want to clown him for being kirk cousins but you know he's the, the one that's going to be laughing master, in the end because he's got he's the master <laughs> he's got of all the money negotiations Nobody has he, won more. Yeah, and he does it yeah. himself. <laughs> Nobody has won more contract negotiations or has a higher winning percentage with contract negotiations than him. He's 100% success rate with his contracts. Period. He's he's he does it the he does it the smartest way. But you know the thing about just the contracts in the NFL that really bothers me, and it's our fault, right? The fans, it's our fault. The media guys, oh, it's fault. our fault. And the way that the teams look at things it's their fault as well we'll be three years into a five-year contract or a six-year contract and all of a sudden that player is expendable because there's no more guaranteed money left right so it goes back to like what you're saying like you know you sign this you know like i said six year 200 something million dollar contract you're in year four they've given you 100 million dollars of it you still got 125 to go but none of it's guaranteed so now it's like okay, um, if I cut you today, I get no repercussions of that because none of that money was guaranteed, right? Like, yeah. that to me is, is crazy. And the, the, the way you fix it is through the CBA and making sure that your guaranteed money is, like, you know, stretched out. Like, it's not always beneficial to front-load your contract where you get, you know, $80 million your first two years 
right? And the rest of it is just like unguaranteed money that you might get if you are still playing at an all pro level, you know? Yeah. And I, just from like the selfish fan perspective, you know, it's a team sport. And then when contract rolls around, you know, as a, uh, I'm a, I'm a capitalist, man. I love me some capitalism. It's my shit. So I'm never going to like disparage a guy for, for wanting to get his money, you know, get the money while you can. But at the same time, you know, you're also hamstringing the team because they're like, okay, we got to give you all this money. So like. We can't get give it to other players, you know, maybe other players on the team who also have a contract up and we'd like to keep them too, or like if we got a holes to fill in free agency. This guy is taking all the money and he doesn't really care about it seemingly on the surface it doesn't seem like they care about winning. They're just like, Oh, I just want to get paid but then they don't win, you know. And then they bitch and complain about, like, oh, my team, you know, the town around me is not good enough. It's like, well, yeah, you got all the yeah. money. <laughs> that's like, well, that's why I feel like why it's weird, you know, back to what we were talking about towards the beginning with Aaron Rodgers. He's always like, he's bitching about not having enough weapons, but then he's also bitching about not being the highest paid QB. It's like, well, which one do you want? You know, look at, look at Tom Brady. Look how many team friendly deals he took in while well, he was with New England because. He wanted to win. Yeah. You know, and Aaron Rodgers has made enough money at this point where I'm not I'm not crying for him. You know, I'm not shedding any tears over dollars that he's not making. You know, he's fine. Yeah. So, so it's just like, do you want to be paid or do you want to win? You know, just tell us the truth. Yeah. I, I think the NFL salary cap in general. Needs to go away? I, I, I don't want to say it needs to go away. I think it. I, I don't. It does. It, I think. I, Look at baseball. Baseball is fine. <laughs> yeah, except for some teams suffer tremendously because they just don't have any money. I think that they're... They I have think, money. Okay, two things, I think. Teams need to have a minimum money, a minimum dollar amount that they have to spend. They, they should... They uh, sh- that might exist. I know it exists. Like I, It for sure exists in the NHL. I don't... It's kind of exist in all the other leagues, a cap I, floor. I believe the cap floor does exist in the NFL, but it's really, really low. Like, or I should say, yeah, it's like really, really low. It's it's to the point where it's like you can't even field a team. Like, you can't field a team for under that just based on minimums. Like, it's 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 that low. It's one of those things that it doesn't fluctuate with the salary cap. It's not like a percentage so, like, I think that there's, like, some of these teams, like, they just don't, they don't want to, you know, when, when they're bad, they don't want to spend money, right? And they don't want to try and get better. They're just like, well, if we're going to suck, then I don't want to have to dish out this much money in contracts if it's just going to another 2-15 and 15 team, you know? But I think you have to do it. I, I, I think you have to do it, right? You have to raise the floor on it. Get these guys paid. The middle guys, especially the middle guys. I mean, I think the floor and the ceiling needs to go yeah. up. You know, I mean, just even from, you know, they they make all these rule changes and stuff like that because they want to, they want more eyes on the league and they want so you do that by making fans happy and fans love when their team that is doing well stays together. Yeah. And it's 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 so much harder to do that with the the salary cap, and they're making billions of yeah. money, billions and billions unless, of monies. Unless every you're year. the uh, Washington football team, then you tell the NFL that you're making a lot of millions. Start. Yeah. Well, that's a that's another problem. Subject <laughs> subject for another unre- day, but unre- yeah, that's unrelated. But yeah, so like, it's just shitty from you know a fan perspective, which is what we are. You know, and you like, you got this group of guys, and they all like each other, and they play well, and it's like, well, one of you's got to go because it just doesn't work within the rules. Yeah. <laughs> and then you then you see those sad 
posts online and stuff after that player never really signed somewhere else. I'm like, hey, going to miss you, man, blah, 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 blah. It's just like this is only happening because of the rules. Exactly. <laughs> and it's bullshit. Yeah. That, that is the, the – And they can, they can be that fixed. That is the shitty thing about seeing like – I, I, you know, New England is is an exception because they they had a culture that promoted taking team friendly deals, starting with Tom Brady, right? Brady's taking team friendly deals. Everybody's taking team yeah. friendly deals, right? So they got to keep a dynasty yeah. style team. Not everybody's in that position. No, definitely not. But but I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Like it is, it's a sad thing to see when you got like a team who's got a, you know, top three defense or top five defense, and you know, a really good offense and. They make a good run, but then it's like you know that the second the offseason comes in, you're going to lose a bunch of pieces because these guys are all, you know, their contracts yeah, it, are done. And you're it, gonna, you can't afford to keep I mean, them all. But It happened with my 49ers. You know, they, they have that Super Bowl run, and then they have to trade Buckner in the offseason because they just can't afford they had to pick. To they had to pick him. one great player to keep, right? It's, you keep Armstead or you keep yeah. Buckner. Like, it's it's a dis- – it's. For fans, it sucks. For like, that's the worst thing for fans, right? Like, imagine being that team. Like, this happens to us every year, right? We always end up losing that one guy. He goes to another team, he kills it, right? And then the guy that we get stuck with to fill in the blank is, you know, half as good, right? But yep. in our, you know, like it, it ends up being a hole. So like Trey Hendrickson, for, like he's playing for the Bengals now, right? The Saints in in particular, we've we basically coined like when you think of salary cap hell like you think of us right because it's every off season we're we're yeah. the devil sitting in our on our throne we're the, we're the fucking monarch of salary cap hell but and it's a terrible terrible feeling because it's like you know that you just had a really good season and you have a lot of bright spots but you're gonna have to just find all new players in these positions because we just can't pay any of them right it's you know, yeah. and a lot of it's our own doing, but it's like if we had more money to work with than this like little incremental increase every year, like we we'd be we'd be golden, you know? We'd be able to make yeah. more runs. And it's just like it's just greedy. I mean, there's a re there's a reason why baseball doesn't have the salary cap. When they had the lockout in ninety four, it was a topic of conversation, hey, should we have a salary cap? And the players knew, like, oh, that just means less money for us because the revenue that is coming in for the teams and the league is going to continue to go up. So if there's a salary cap, that means that they just are pocketing the difference millions yep. that they don't have to spend. You know, but so they were like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> we're gonna we're not gonna let this shit happen. Um, you know, I mean, it still kind of does. You know, like the Pittsburgh Pirates and stuff, they put like a double a team out on that field and call it yeah. a day but you know and it's just at least that especially in the nfl there's just not the excuse of like oh you know we can't afford it it's like you can't afford it just you just don't, don't want, want to 100 percent. yeah you know, it's like you know don't don't treat us like we're stupid like like oh where's where are we gonna get the money it's like the same place everyone else does like yeah. you know you yeah okay like oh we're a small market team you know we just don't have the resources of the big no, market you bullshit. don't want to invest like, they it's like they have may, they may have more money than you but it's not like you're yeah. poor you're also a billionaire yeah. <laughs> you're just exactly. cheap um you know we should probably wrap this podcast up pretty soon but uh, no i was gonna on say the, uh, on the way out do we feel like there were any losers in this season's draft first round the rams for not making a pick for, yeah, for having no okay, pick, so I guess. Like a... I don't know. I mean, again, though, because of how weak it was, like if there was a year to not have a first-round pick. This was the one. I mean, this yeah. was the year. But yeah. they don't have a pick, like, next I'm... year or the year after that or the year after that. <laughs> their their list of yeah, not having I, a pick I don't, I don't even – do they even have a pick today? Um, Let me – What does today go to? Through, through four? It goes through the fourth yeah. round? To... Four through seven is tomorrow. Oh, um, so yeah, I don't think they had. A they pick definitely today. don't have a second round pick today. And God, can you imagine taking the first two days off of the draft, not having to do anything? It's insane. Oh, they did have a pick today. It was the fortieth or hundred and fourth pick overall, and they took a guard. 
So, I mean. Oh, we drafted a wide receiver. Danny Gray, SMU. I saw him on all of our mocks. So, that that happens every year. There's at least, like, one guy that they're like, the Niners are going to yeah. draft him. So, Debo Samuels, that guy in his draft class. We have, um, I had, I have one loser. I have one. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest the loser biggest for sure. But I, okay, there is one, and I feel horrible because every it's every it's every like prospect's dream, every football player's dream to get called your name called on draft day, but for. All of the broadcasters to not have any highlights for Cole Strange out of Chattanooga going to the New England Patriots yesterday. His offensive lineman. I mean, yeah. Unless they're unless they're throwing down a mean pancake, there's not really highlights so I, for any I of think, them to I begin with, losers, especially out of Chattanooga. I think the losers are ABC and ESPN and Fox. Oh, they're and, they're. They're all 100 losers, TV, no matter what. And all though. those other guys who dropped the ball and didn't even have a 10-second highlight reel for Sir Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. Whatever, he'll be an All-Pro in a couple of years, and then yeah, it won't matter. Yeah. Well, um, what else you got? I only had a, I only had one final little thing. Uh, the greatest postseason in sports is, is upon us. Basketball? The Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs is the best playoffs in, in sports. You can kiss my ass if you disagree. It used uh, to be basketball. As much as did it though? Uh, yeah, 100% it used to be. How many basketball games did you watch this Two. year? Minutes. And were they in the last week? Minutes. Two minutes of... Yeah. Uh, of yeah. uh, one of the Brooklyn Nets playoff games, but yeah, that's it. God damn it, Luke! You gotta hold up your end of the fucking bargain in this podcast. It's Casa de Sports, not Casa de Football. Watch something Blast. else for the love of okay, fuck. Okay, well, skateboarding is a sport, right? Chess, chess uh, is a sport. Well, do Magic the Gathering is a sport uh, in some ex- circles. I'll accept anything at this point. If you want to start watching fucking league of legends esports and talk about it on here like give me something you want to talk about cod otherwise it's just going to be me i can do a solo podcast on my own about hockey if that's fucking what it's going to be because that's all it's going to be if i start talking about it the sponsors won't like that very much i could make shit up i could make shit up and you wouldn't be there to be like hey that is not true well like the sponsors stevie like stevie butt crack scored 70 goals in in the league this year did you hear about stevie butt crack and his 70 goals him and the london silly nannies you know make a championship run this season so they will. They won it already. You didn't know? No. Get the fuck out of there here. that day. Anyway, this has been a, 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 a good, I guess, episode. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to get excited about something that I'm not excited yeah. about. <laughs> not the podcast. I'm excited about the podcast, but the you know, the draft. It's, it's fun selfishly for our own teams. It's hard for me to get excited about, like, oh, look at who the Cardinals drafted. Like, I don't care. Like I hope, I hope he's not yeah. good. <laughs> I I love the draft. I didn't love this draft, but I do love the draft, and I I'm I'm really yeah, excited for fine. next year because this year is a dud. But I will say yeah. this: we just need the season uh, to start. Closing notes: I do I do have a note. Yankee fans in left field are awful human beings. I think. I th- uh, that just goes to show you how how little you've paid attention because they came out with. Other footage of that, and it, and it totally redeems those fans. Doubt so, it. Once Doubt again, it. you don't know what you the fuck you're talking about. You want to throw things <laughs> at professional athletes because you're protected hey, in the stands. I agree. You shouldn't Definitely do that. But it's not like they just did do. it. It's the same people all the time. How come they only did it that one instance? How come it's not a thing that just constantly happens? Maybe it's because something happened that nobody's talking yeah, about. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why we're not talking about it. Probably didn't happen. So. It's not in the okay. news. It didn't happen. So everyone knows that. Yeah, fake so. news. Fake news. <laughs> anyway, this was all fun. right. Let's get the yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Question mark. Maybe. Bye. Bye.